Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the Lennon and McCartney of Bigfoot, though they're arguably Harrison and Star, Cliff and Bobo. Hey, Bobo, how you doing today? Not too shabby. Not too shabby, despite of things, despite the plague and all the world turmoil. Yeah, not too shabby, just a little flabby. <laughs> well, hopefully you're getting out a little bit. Well, uh, I, I have a I have a special guest for you today. Uh, I know you you usually do the calling and lineup guests, but I did this one. Um, so today we have as a guest guest a a man named Kelly Lemieux, who is the bass player for a rather popular band. I, I don't know when their heyday was, but I think it was the '90s. We can ask Kelly this in a minute. Kelly is the bass player for a band called Buck Cherry, and it turns out he's a Bigfoot aficionado. And since we're our name of our show is of course Bigfoot and Beyond, he's a little bit of Bigfoot and a little bit of Beyond as well because he has other interesting things going on in his life. So I thought he'd be a fun guest to have on. So uh, Kelly Bobo, there you go. Here's your introduction to each other. Meet each other. Too bad you can't shake hands. There's plates. I know. And you know what? Nice to meet you, Bobo. How you doing? And also, I, I didn't know if this was going to be like on skype film or not so i'm wearing my uh legend of boggy creek t-shirt right now just nice. <laughs> i wasn't sure i was like man i better flick my hair up and get a good shirt on you know i'm wearing boxers <laughs> i'm wearing boxers but you know <laughs> well yeah i try not to wear pants during the pandemic either you know at first i thought it was a pants demic and i said oh my right? god I'm putting those on again <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i'm naked right now <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a no pants demic yeah, <laughs> I um, actually I was aware of Kelly and his interest in Bigfoot last year when you guys played in Humboldt. Yes, Ryan and Sherry. I, I was gone. I was up. In the, yes, I got a message. I was trying to remember her name. Thank you for bringing that up. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Sherry and Brian. And they said, and I got this message saying, "Hey, you got to come down. This guy Kelly from Buck Cherry's really into Bigfoot. He wants you to come down and hang out, come see the show, and talk Bigfoot." And I was like, I didn't get home to like four or five days later. I was like, Oh, yeah, right. that was, a, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, it brought, <laughs> awesome event. Really cool. There's that really amazing, uh, like country Bigfoot store across the street kind of thing where they had it. And then up the street was the, um, the big, uh, what's it called? The Bigfoot. I went in there and, you know, dropped like 50 bucks on mugs and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes, I have the mug. It's my main mug. I use that one. I'm looking at it right now. The legend of yeah, I got it right here. So yeah, it was awesome. And she she was like, hey, uh, do you know do you know the show Finding Bigfoot? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I know Bobo. And I'm like, dude, that is so funny. So she yeah, she actually I was standing right next to her and she called. Oh, right on. Right yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. It was a fun fun show. Yeah, a little side story on the legend of Bigfoot. Back in 1990, I was living down in Shelter Cove, and they put, uh, which is west of there on the Lost Coast, and they shut down salmon season because of the 
there was no fish. So I, was, I was, had not much money coming in. So I was, they had a job opening there for a, a groundskeeper janitor. And I went in to apply and I was like, and I went, all they had was like a Bigfoot statue out front. And then like, that was it. And they had like a legend of Bigfoot, one t-shirt design inside. I'm like, Hey man, we, we can really make this a real Bigfoot thing, you know? And you know, like on the trails here, like I was, and he's, and I was having, all, I had all these ideas to make like a, like a Bigfoot destination. And the guy's like, um, well, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we need a groundskeeper and this, that. And then I just kept talking about Bigfoot. Like, well, what do you know about Bigfoot? You know, I was just talking about Bigfoot stuff. And it's funny. He goes, look, this isn't going to work out. I don't give a shit about Bigfoot. It's just a way to sell some stuff. Get the uh, hell. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Well, hey, you know, that, that place is jumping off now. Oh, they're all about it now. But I mean, you know, they don't have as good a merch as my buddy Cliff at the, uh, the old uh, North American Bigfoot Center there. You've been oh, there? I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I went a couple times. I saw um, Dr. Meldrum do a thing on uh, on Big Feet, on the feet, the uh, metatarsal. I actually wanted to ask a question, but there was, uh, yeah, I couldn't get a word in. So, <laughs> But it was really interesting <laughs> and really awesome. You yeah, yeah. I, I met Kelly. By, he, he just came into the store one day. You know, I don't even yeah. I don't. I think it was just, he just came in because, you know, it's a Bigfoot museum. Why wouldn't you come I in? I found out it was open, and I was like, I got to go to this thing. I'm such a – yeah, it's one of those things. You know how it is. Like, it's kind of like you're – well, now I don't really care, but it was kind of one of those weird, like, shameful, like, do I tell people how much I'm really into this, or do I just let it slip <laughs> one little – now I'm, like, shameless. I don't give a crap, but – um, yeah, for a while there, it was, like, kind of a sneaky little secret that I had that, you know – your dirty little your, your yeah. dirty little bigfoot addiction. Now <laughs> it's funny. All the all the a lot of the um, we have a lot of reoccurring fans uh, that come to the shows and stuff, and they found out my my you know my dirty little secret. And um, I have probably almost every pair of bigfoot socks that I think have ever been made, and probably duplicates. And for, I freaking love it. So I get all kinds of amazing gifts. But yeah, anytime I go anywhere and I see there's a Bigfoot thing, whatever. I mean, I, I sit in the front of the bus with the bus driver. I'll, I'll Google like, hey, what county are we in? And I'll sit in the front of the bus at like three in the morning with the bus driver shooting the shit, hoping just maybe I'll see something streak across the road or standing there with some glowing eyes or something. Yeah. Like that's how much I, that's how much a big of a geek I'm into it. I love this stuff. On the, on the same way to we were tour, if we were on tour, I would I I always loved driving at night in like rural area, you know, forest oh, area. Yeah. It was like that's how you're gonna see that's your best chance to see one. Oh yeah. And I lived so I was actually born in Salem. My parents met there and then we moved to Minnesota in the gosh, I'm old. I'm like I just turned 53 actually last week. And um we, um, Minnesota's, you know, there's the whole, like, I was kind of aware of the Minnesota Iceman at a really young age, but I just, you know, I lived in a tiny little town. We lived in Faribault, which is like south, kind of by the Iowa border. And I remember hearing about that. And then I was really into like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And then like, and then I remember seeing like, you know, even before In Search Of, I think I remember my, my mom drop because me and my brother and sister were all three years apart i'm the oldest my sister's three years younger my brother's six years and i remember her dropping me off at like a sunday matinee somewhere 
And I think Mysterious Monsters was the, one of the sh programs. And I remember seeing that and just being like, what the what? And then I saw the Boggy Creek and just Planet of the Apes and all that stuff. And I don't know what, I, and my favorite Japanese monster movie is Clash of the Gargantuans. Oh, the Gargantuans, of course. Dude, I love, and that sucked. All of that like kind of was like this crazy vortex all at once. Like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like monsters. That was all about the universal monsters and stuff. Oh yeah, me too. That was the genesis of my Bigfoot love as well. Uh, Godzilla played a big role in it, of course, but the Gargantuans, yeah, all that stuff, man. All Monsters, yeah. monsters. Love all that stuff. So anyways, so I just remember being a kid going like, Dude, what is this? And so my mother's, my mom's side of the family are all Oregonians and Washingtonians and whatnot. And we would go visit before we ended up moving back here in 79. And so we would go camping. And I just remember thinking, oh man, this is, uh, man, this is Bigfoot at territory. We'd go to Three Sisters. We'd go mm. camping at Three Sisters. And they had, my grandpa had a motorhome. And then they, we would, you know, the van would be, dragging it along and everybody else would drive it was like kind of a family thing and me and like the, like the the young dudes like cousins or my friends or whoever would come out always had to sleep in the van and i was always like you mother flippers making me and i just remember i could never fall asleep i was always listening for stuff like is that a deer what is that is that two feet like i just used to just like i was and so here's a funny thing and i probably told you this cliff now with the internet and everything I had no idea about wood knocks probably until I started watching your guys' show. And I remember as a kid being out in the boonies by myself and hearing clack, clack, clack and thinking, who the hell is out here smacking wood on a tree? I have vivid memories of that as like probably like a 12, 13, 14 year old young guy. And, and, I, and I remember watching your guys' show and I'm like, Holy crap, I've totally heard that before. It just totally like gave me goosebumps. But we finally, when we did move back to uh, Oregon in 79 and started camping a lot more, and I just like, I was always just like picking people's brains. Hey man, what do you know about this? What, you ever seen anything weird? And you know how it is the culture up here, Cliff. And, and Bobo, you're from Northern California, so it's the same there. But you know how here, people are like, fairly open about it i don't really get scoffed at too much no um no and if i do i don't notice you know yeah i'm the same way i just look at everybody my so my my singer josh he's one of those contempt prior to investigation kind of guys uh -huh. right? he's like he's like, he's like ah, that's bullshit you're high we, we would have found one of those by now there's no way we've been everywhere and i just look at him and i go hey California city boy, Southern California city boy. Have you ever been to the woods in Northern California, Oregon, Washington, Arkansas, Texas, Minnesota? Blah, I mean, and, and I just go, you don't even go camping. You don't know squat. I'm all, get back to me. I'm all, do a little research and get back to me. So that's what I tell all the naysayers now, but... Well, um, I, I, I say it all the time that, that I find that the degree of skepticism someone has is uh, is um, inversely proportional to the amount of knowledge they have. You know, it's basically saying that the more skeptical you are, the less you know about the subject. I agree with you 150%. That's a great yeah. way to put it, Cliff. That is absolutely yeah. true. And, and it, the funny thing is, so I've had people 
friends of mine, and I have like, you know, I have like a really awesome ACDC cover band I do locally when we can play um, with guys from other bands and everybody's busy. And my uh, singer, the singer for that band, he's a guitar builder, uh, a McSwain guitar, Stephen McSwain, awesome guitar, amazing singer. He's a transplant from Southern California. He's originally from uh, uh, Charlotte, I think, North Carolina. And so we were hanging out. He just lives in the neighborhood. He lives like 10 blocks from me here in Southeast Portland. And, and <laughs> I, we were talking at rehearsal one day and, and I made a Bigfoot comment. He just looked at me and started cackling like, <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Like slapped me on the back. like, And I'm like, no, I'm serious. And he goes, whatever, dude. And I go, no, I'm totally serious. And he goes, come on. And I go, okay. And, I, you know, I go, I'm going to send you a couple of uh, podcast uh, interviews. It was actually um, uh, Sasquatch Chronicles. And I'm, I'm going to send you a couple of these. And you just listen to those while you're in the shop working. And you get back to me on that. And so I sent him, like, some of the, like, you know, obviously more hair raising ones just to get him sucked in. And I <laughs> went over to his place like a week later and I, well, hey, he's the nicest. He's super nice, really affable, just really, really nice guy. And he's, Hey dude, what's up? And he just stops and he goes, and I, I won't use the expurlatives that he used, but he goes, you mother flipper. I'm all what? He goes, thanks to you. I'm having Bigfoot nightmares. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so here in the last year they do that um oh, it's like the coast run where they go up to mount hood and back to the coast oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Uh -huh. he ended up doing it and he sent me a text he goes holy crap bro my leg was 4 a.m in the morning going up through mount hood and he goes i was pooping my panties <laughs> and he goes and he goes i thought about you the whole way and i'm like you didn't hear nothing he goes nope i'm all all right so it's pretty funny. Half the people, I had a guitar tech too, and I sent him some stuff. And it, we, 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 cause you know, you're in a bus. It's, it's the, it's the, you know, we're like land pirates. It's like the, the, the land submarine or the above marine, whatever you want to call it. Above marine. And, <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, we're like, we're like total, like, you know, it's like a, it's like a ship crew. And, and, um, he gets up the next day and he's a younger cat. He's like in his late, you know, mid, late twenties, whatever. And, he has his eyeballs are totally huge. And he's got like dreadlocks down to his butt. Super nice guy. Um, <laughs> his eyeballs are as huge as saucers. And he goes, dude, I put on that podcast and I woke up at like five in the morning and there was this crazy like, <laughs> all these crazy noises going on. He goes, dude, I'm freaking out. I had to turn it off. And I was just <laughs> rolling. I, I feel bad. Cause I think I've like oh. destroyed a lot of people's hopes of ever camping again. No, they need it. They need the truth. Some people can't handle the truth, you know, as the, the line says, but they need the truth. Yeah. I agree with you. It sounds like you deal with two ignorant lead singers. <laughs> well, you know, he's just very, I mean, I love Josh. He's a great dude, but he's just very like black and white. There's like, doesn't seem to be a lot of gray room when it comes to this subject. So I was always just like, oh, why don't you come up and we'll go. But I'm even like, I don't even want to go camping. And like, I've been up to Skamania County during the day. Me and my buddy did like, geez, I don't know, I'm going to say like 15 years ago. Cause I would go between, um, I would go between like Portland and Vancouver, Washington. Cause my family, um, 
relocated from Salem to Vancouver, Washington. So my brother and sister and my parents were all up there. And um, so I would stay there half the time. I would just, whenever I'd have breaks with my old band, Goldfinger, and I we would take, and I was just like, oh, I'm not touring for another month. So I would come out and hang up up here with my family. And so me and my buddy, we actually went, we found like a, like in the off season, there was still a little bit of snow. There was nobody up there. It was, I think it was a, a Monday or a Sunday. He wasn't working. And we went up there and I found a game trail right by the little parking area. And I go, dude, look at all the fresh prints. Let's go. And, uh, no, no, uh, no, uh, will, uh, no, yeah, no yeah, reference yeah. to to Will, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, I, I but, uh, trust me. It immediately came to my mind. I just, you weren't even I, in Bel Air, but I decided <laughs> no. Even that joke is too low for me. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> some, sometimes uh, you got to take. Sometimes you got to take that exit. But, but notice, uh, I still told the joke. I just wasn't a good time. You have to. Well, you know. I, I hear every time I hear somebody say Fresh Prince, that's exactly what I think of. I know. Who knew the Fresh Prince was going to be such a huge movie star? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, so we found this trail and I'm like, what? And I was wearing camouflage. I had like all camouflage on and, and, you know, we were kind of being, you know, dipshit stoners and like, but we're being really quiet. And, and if you've, and I know you, you have, and I'm sure uh, you've been through like, like the ape caves and ape Canyon and that whole area, Cougar, Washington behind Mount St. Helens. You walk into that forest it looks like I expected to see a giant King Kong or an ape or a dinosaur or a woolly mammoth or something. The, that old growth and the moss is just amazing. It looks like another world. It really, like, it's so, like, pristine and cool looking. So we're walking through there, and I'm just, you know, like, wow, this is awesome. And I, I'm not kidding you. I'm walking. There's a big chunk of moss, like, on this, like, tree stump kind of dead tree stump thing and i'm walking and i stop and i look down and i'm fairly observant for a city slicker and and i'm like holy shit and my buddy jeff's kind of like ah whatever bigfoot uh he just we just wanted to get out of the house and and uh and i go holy crap and i put my foot down and i go jeff come here and i pull my foot up and i go look all the way around my foot does that not look like a giant five-toed footprint to you? And he goes, "Whoa, it does. But there was no prints anywhere else leading up to it, going back. I was looking everywhere, and I'm like, why is there just, that's weird. Maybe I'm seeing stuff. So we keep walking a little further, and, <laughs> and the, there's, there's these trees that are all kind of folded down, laying down, like almost making like a little natural fortress. And I see out of the corner of my eye, two huge brown things and i'm just like and i just immediately like my brain i turned into fred sanford i was like oh oh it's the big one oh my god what's <laughs> go- uh, it's the big one Let's, here it comes and these two big elk stand they were hiding stand up and clomp off like a bunch of horses just and i was like oh my god thank god they didn't come at us that would have like like because i know those things can get ornery if they want to but they looked like they were hiding and i was like what the F? Holy, I got my heart's just like, do, 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 do. Finally calm down. So we keep walking and we start curving around, kind of heading somewhat towards back, towards the car. And there's this little, like, thick, thick uh, scrubs, like, um, just thick, thick, thick foliage, like, every, like, on the either sides. And we're walking, I notice there's a little bit of water. And I'm not kidding you, there is some fresh well they looked for completely picked clean 
big, big, and I don't know, man, they look like big elk or cow or something, bones. Like, I'm talking like a couple feet long. And I was like, what the hell? These are like super fresh. Like there was no meat on them, but they were still white and kind of soft looking. And as we're walking, my homeboy, Jeff, this total typical like TV, like a movie, steps on a branch, crack, and something huge goes crashing through the brush. And like, you know, you know, dipstick, he turns, of course I heard it, how could I not hear it? He turns around and looks at me, he goes, did you hear that just now? What the, and as he's saying that, I'm not kidding you guys, I hear from one thickle thicket to the other thicket, I hear <whistles> whistling back and forth. And I go, and I, get, I, get, I look at him and I go, did you just hear, and there was no animals no, other than those elk that were laying down hiding, I didn't hear any animals the whole time we were there. And and, and I go, what the? And he looks at me and he goes, I think we should go back to the car. I'm all, let's go back to the car. And we go back to the car. And here's the fun and weird part. I didn't tell you, driving, heading up to there, um, right as we went up this area about, I don't know, 300 yards away, there was a freshly killed deer on the side of the road. And as we're driving back, that deer is gone. And I was just like, wasn't there a deer right here? And he goes, oh, I think so. And I'm like, oh, dude, whatever. That was kind of the last time I went kind of like traipsing through the forest up there by myself. So, so <laughs> that's, I was just like, yeah, I don't want to come up here anymore. This is freaky. And that was during the day. But there was a, nobody up there because it was total off season. There was still snow. And the, uh, lava, the lava tubes, the ape caves or whatever, they were all closed off. So we yeah. just parked and I found the game trail. But that was like, I've had like a, you know, couple little like, that's weird. That area is very, very rich, actually. I, just, I think about four years ago or so, I think it was four, maybe five years ago now, my sense of time is is a little elastic, you know? I but feel, um, yeah. yeah, four or five years ago, there were, I got three reports from the the trail in between the ape caves and the parking lot. There was wow. a sighting. There were there was a rock throwing and another incident. In, incident and um, there were uh, whoops and knocks all in one summer over a period of like totally a month and a half. It. Yeah, that, totally between the tr- between the caves and the parking lot. You know? and then you go a little bit further around the mountain, and there's a place called uh, June Lake. And June Lake has had a number of sightings. In fact, I just pulled another sighting out of there about three months ago. The sighting was from 2014, but the person came in the shop here, and he almost snapped a picture of it. Uh, he missed wow. it, but he almost got a picture of it. It's on the other side of the lake, and he said it was just sitting on a log. Uh, he thinks it was sitting. might have been squatting. It was on the other side of the lake. And when he got there, um, he looked over, what is that? And then the thing just like, zip dropped behind the wow. log just like totally dropped off you know just like a like a ninja would and he never saw it again after that but uh um yeah stuff happens up there all the Dude, time we gotta we gotta make a I'll, I'll i'll go with you but like my regular like uh, non-bigfooting bros i'm not going anywhere let's i would love to go i would love to i'm 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 a little less freaked out um but i i i've um yeah I would love to go up there now, but like, uh, yeah, I've got a couple I, of spots that are pretty productive, you know? Um, so I, I could take you one of those spots and, you know, spend an hour there and go goof to. around, have some fun. Would love to. And bring so some guitars up, serenade. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. I'll bring, I actually do I have an acoustic bass now. I can play guitar, yeah. but um, yeah, so that was freaky. Um, and then, you know, 
with me traveling and meeting a lot of people. So I, you know, and then obviously it, it, you know, it spills out eventually. Oh, you like Bigfoot? Go talk to him. Like I always, everybody always just goes, Kelly. Or like, oh, like anytime there's anything even remotely. So I'll go talk to Kelly. So I, I told you before, I would sit in the front of the bus with, with the bus drivers and I would talk, to, you know, obviously get to know him. We see him all the time. And uh, we had a cat come out, this dude, Saul, who was um, actually was uh, Vinnie Paul's driver for Hell Yeah for a long time. And he was coming out covering a, uh, we had a driver that, I don't know what happened, he left. And so we had him come out and finish the last two or three weeks. So I'm sitting up there with him and I'm all, Saul, man, you ever see anything weird when you're driving? And he goes, nah, not really. And then he stops and he goes, but when I was in the army and I'm like, Oh, here we go. And he goes, I was actually um, training to be a ranger. And I was on, we, I had a furlough or whatever. He had a break and he goes, I was living in, where's the lizard man. And is that in, uh, in South Carolina? Yeah. A lot of throughout the South, right? Bobs. Yeah. The, the one that wrote the book on was South Carolina. I think that's where he was. He was like, cause I Googled, I said, what, where were you at? And I Googled it and I'm all, oh yeah, Bigfoot, Lizard Man, that whole area. Cause it's all swamps right there. So he goes, hey, I'll just give you the, the Reader's Digest version. But he's sitting there, he goes, so like, I got in a fight with my girlfriend. We were staying at my friend's place out and he lived out in the boonies. He was two miles um, out in the boonies. And he goes, it's like kind of a one, two lane dirt road. And it's all swamp all the way to the main street. And then the convenience store is just, you know, it's like two miles to the convenience store to you get on the main street. And he goes, I got so mad at her. I don't, you know, they were fighting about something. He goes, I took off walking. He's like, you know, he's like, screw you. I'm going home. And he, he heads to the convenience right. store and he said, I'm walking. And he goes, all of a sudden, I hear something on two legs pacing me. And he goes, and it's in the water. And I'm like, and he's just like, oh, what the, what is this? Holy crap. He goes, he goes, it starts snapping branches as it's following me, big branches. And he goes, I freaked out. He goes, he goes, I'm telling you right now, I was in the best shape of my life. I was training to be an airborne ranger. And he goes, I took off. He goes, I, I he said he was running like five, five minute miles or something crazy at that point. Or I don't know what a mile, I'm. I don't know what a fast mile is, but five minutes sounds pretty quick to me. Maybe it was four and a half, but he was needless to say he was in his twenties and he was in amazing shape. He goes, this thing paced me in the swamp, snapping branches the whole way. And I'm just listening to him laughing going, Oh, this is just Sasquatch one one right here. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, I ran so hard and so fast that I couldn't run anymore. And he just was like, screw it. If this thing's going to kill me, I'm going to see at least what the hell it is. And he goes, I stopped. My lungs are burning and I'm sitting there. And he goes, this thing stops, doesn't come out. And he goes, just then I see headlights coming from, you know, where I was just at. And I'm looking and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you know, sucking wind and I'm waiting for this thing to walk out and just whatever it is. And he goes, I see it's my girlfriend in my car. And she rolls up. He goes, I didn't even get in the front seat. I opened the back door. I dove in the back seat and I started screaming at her to drive, drive, drive. And I just looked at him. I went, dude, you got squashed, bro. Well, that thing was just toying with you. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know what it was, but he goes, man, it freaked me out so bad. And I'm all, yeah, that's Bigfoot. So that's one story. Then at my base tech uh, a couple years ago, uh, this kid, um, 
Jeremy from, well, we'll call him Jeremy. Um, he lives in Kentucky. And he was at, I ah, forget the national park. I don't think it was the land between the lakes one, but it was one of the national parks because I, of course, Googled it. And so he had just, we were doing fly dates and it was just me and him. We had, we had the early flights. So we were in the same area because everybody lives in different places. And I'm sitting there on my, you know, my, um, I had like a Amazon fire or whatever. This is a, you know, four, three, three years ago, two, three years ago. And I'm, I'm downloading like Bigfoot documentaries or whatever, the four horsemen of Sasquatchery or whatever it is. And um, I'm downloading. So what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm downloading. And I just looked at him. I go, well, you'll find out sooner or later, but I'm really into Bigfoot. And he goes, huh? And he just had this really weird look on his face. And we're at the airport. I think we're in like Nebraska or someplace, um, small airport. And he looks at me, he goes, oh, why? What do you, you have something weird happen to you? What's going on? And he goes, well, I was night hiking with my girlfriend not too long ago. And he goes, oh, we're going down the trail. And he goes, and I'm like, first of all, I'm thinking night hiking. Okay, you are crazy. And, and, and he goes, so we had to keep ducking it because of all these big spider webs. And I was out front and I had a headlamp on and we had headlamps on. And he goes, I ducked down to, to like get underneath the spider web on the trail. And as I'm ducking down, and he's kind of a tall, he's about 6'2". As I duck down, he goes, I see this like little round glowing small orb. It's just like, it's like, I'm all, what color? And he goes, blue and I'm all you had a new headlamp on did you and he goes yeah it was brand new and I'm like okay and he I go and he goes and I'm looking at it and I kind of start leaning to the left and there's another one about six inches apart the same size and he goes and I'm all hang on a second I'm all let me finish the story <laughs> I go it blinked really slowly then it stood up and it was about seven seven and a half feet tall and it took three really quiet steps and it was gone and you never saw it again. And he had this just look on his face was just like, yeah. And like kind of shook his head real slow. He goes, pretty much exactly that. And I'm all, dude, that was a Bigfoot. And he goes, I thought it was an alien. And I went, dude, it might be. Nobody knows what they are. And he was just like, whoa. So here's the, um, so I knew that his girl that he was dating at the time, they were still, um, they're still dating. And so he had her on FaceTime once and he goes, she, she won't talk about it. She gets mad. Like it freaked her out so much that she wouldn't talk about it. She started getting pissed off at him if he would bring it up. Cause he's like, what was that? And so he had her on speakerphone or I mean on FaceTime. He's like, Hey, Oh, this is Amanda. Say hi. Da, 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 da. Or whatever her name was. And, and, uh, and I look at him all, Oh, you're the one that saw the Bigfoot with, with, uh, with, with homeboy, didn't you? And she, and her face just immediately just sunk and her eyes went dead. And she just goes, yeah, I'm all, and I was just like, okay, we don't have to talk about it. I'm all nice meeting you. So she was like clearly traumatized by the situation. So that's a, just a couple of the things I've met people here and there when I travel. And it's like, man, it seems like every six months I'll meet somebody that's had something weird happen to them. Oh, I Just think like, that's every six months would be a long period of time, really, if you were asking all the time. Just because, like, for, from our travels, of course, and of course, we're we're rather Bigfoot centric people. You know, that's why we're traveling. We're not doing music or anything. But uh, the the more I ask, the more I'm just astonished 
that uh, people aren't talking about this. Because depending on where you are in the country, of course, you know, L.A. or somewhere, you don't, it's going to be hard to find some people. But up here, you know, I ask all the time in restaurants and bars or whatever because I don't care what people think of me. Yeah, right. I, I get, hey, man, have you seen one or do you personally know somebody who has? And the answer comes up yes about one out of every five times. Yeah. You go to other places like Lake Quinault or on the Olympic Peninsula, and, dude, it's, it's real close to 100% of the time. Uh, it's, like one, it's like the best-kept secret. Everybody's got a story, but no one's willing to share it and, and unless well, it's the right context it's so weird i think it's that because a small towns man if you admit to something like that in a small town you're going to be branded as a cuckoo bird for the rest of your life if you care but mm -hmm. i mean you know but you you guys know there's how many professional people that will never go on record or give their names and they're like oh yeah and they've had like traumatizing experiences oh, wow. or not or non-traumatizing and they still won't talk about it yeah, you know, yeah. I just uh, think it's one of those. There's such a stigma to it that like nobody wants to admit. I mean, I've met uh, guys in um, South Dakota that were like um, they were they would go because um, uh, you know how rabbits get like really infested in areas and stuff. Uh, and yeah. So they would go out. They would go out spotlighting rabbits at night. You know, they'd be like you know 11, 12 o'clock at night. Him and his you know board. Um, and they go now it's spotting and they said they they they're and they had this jalopy truck and uh <laughs> oh man oh it's kind of kind of giving me the willies thinking about it but um they were out night spotting and they're, they're they stopped their truck and it kind of was like being a little goofy and they're like you know sometimes it'd start sometimes it wouldn't it was like an older pickup and they're like we're out there and they're like all of a sudden we're like what is that smell? They were like, and it was nighttime, but it was lit up. And you, you, have you ever been to South uh, South Dakota? There's, I mean, there's yeah. really not much there. there. I mean, there are in certain areas, but like they were in like kind of like a tall grassy sort of kind of a grassy plainsy sort of area. And he said, we're just like, it was him and his brother and they're sitting there and they're just like, man, it smelled like, they said like wet dog, um, garbage, locker room, BO, and they were just like, what in the what? And they said, they're standing there and all of a sudden, this thing stood up and just kept standing and standing and standing. And they could see the outline of this ginormous thing with a, you know, the head tucked down and all shoulders. And they said, this thing, and they, they're like, it didn't run. He's like, I can't describe the motion, but he's like, it like loped away and it was gone in like no time. And he goes, it didn't even really look like it was trucking that hard, but he goes, to him and his brother were like, start the truck, start the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and of course it was like, it wasn't starting up for him, but yeah, even in South Dakota and like weird places where you wouldn't think. Well, that's, you know, I got a couple of points to make on what you just said. And number one is that South Dakota is very viable Sasquatch habitat, even in the plains. Uh, we, we, of course, filmed down on the um, Pine Ridge Reservation and it was a hundred degrees and it was a, it's just like and i'm thinking there's bigfoots here like it is these rolling right. planes but sure enough there were and and where because uh, people think you need this heavy you know thick forests and the mountains and all absolutely untrue all you need are pockets of really really good uh thick habitat and in the plains areas where you get those are the river bottoms you know, so yep. like, and, and very often people see the Sasquatches at night 
going across the plains, but they're probably traveling from one thicket in a river bottom to the next river bottom. Um, and they move around in those sort of places. And another thing I'd like to point out of what you said, you mentioned very briefly, it's like, hey, you know how sometimes rabbits, there's like rabbit infestations. Um, those are the areas that I try to check out whenever I hear about right. something like that. Um, there was a rabbit infestation in the in Pacific City about 10 years ago that there are some sightings associated with that. Or you go back even further to the 1970s, um, in, in Antelope Valley in Southern California, there's a whole flap of these Bigfoot sightings. Um, and I uh, think in Southern California, Antelope Valley, I guess, maybe. But it uh, turns out that uh, Bobo and I have a good friend. Uh, Richard Hucklebridge was his name. Um, he was uh, – Bobo, was he sheriff at the time or a sheriff or what? Sheriff. Sure. Yeah, so he was actually somehow in, involved in the investigation of these things back in the day, um, and apparently that you know there was a rabbit infestation because the 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 grass grew like six feet tall that year because of rains or something. Uh... Like the environment um, produced a ton of rabbits, basically more rabbits than you, anybody knew what to do with. But apparently the Bigfoots had a good idea what to do with them because oh. they came down and were they were in the fields eating the rabbits, and that's where all this flap happened. So and wow. um, I remember I spoke to a biologist in the Sierra Nevada mountains um, who was up behind uh, one of these ski lodges, just uh, what would it be? Just a little bit Southwest of Tahoe. And he was going up to this meadow area to uh, do a survey of this rare plant behind the ski lodge. And it's during summer and he was up there and he's going and he saw this Sasquatch. He thought it was a female and a great weird description of it. It was, he was a really good witness, but I asked him, um, did you notice an abundance of anything, an abundance of anything out of the ordinary? Like were, were there, you know, too many rabbits or I forgot what, what I asked him, but I, I didn't lead him towards animals, but I said, was there too much of something in the area? And he says, you know what, now that you mention it, I've never seen so many brook trout in my life. Oh. Um, and they were all small. They were like six or eight inches long. Nothing that like fishermen would ever pay attention to in these creeks, but he said they were so thick, you could practically walk across them in these little creeks. And he, he thought that was really unusual. And then, then I said, oh, okay, well, that's very likely why the Sasquatch was in the area. Um, whenever you find too, yeah, too much of a food source, no matter what it is, and you, you can often find Sasquatch reports correlating well with that. Yeah, I totally makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the neat thing about Sasquatches. Everything about them pretty much makes sense. Well, it's just, you know, what is their main drive? It sounds like food, like most yeah. wild creatures. Right, right. That's my feeling on it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think they're paranormal, and maybe they are. I don't think so, but maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, shoot that down yeah, right away. A, but uh, yeah, but if, whole... if they are, if they are paranormal, here's my thing, or, or one of my things about them being paranormal, like I don't think so. If they are, if they are these UFO ride and shapeshift and whatevers, why are they eating roadkill, man? I mean, can't they do better than that? Yeah, that's, that's, um, well, I kind of have a, uh, uh, cause you know, since it's, it's Bigfoot and beyond, um, mm -hmm. not to, not to shift into the whole UFO realm. Oh no, we're good with it. Go for it. Um, well, I, you know, as, as you guys know, since you're, you know, been doing this for a long time, it really is that the deeper you get into this, it seems like the more of a conundrum it becomes. You're like, what the, what? Like UFOs, Bigfoots, like, hang on. Now we're just like, you know, is Elvis driving the UFO? You know, you start just like, oh, what the, but now if you believe in UFOs 
or extraterrestrial life or whatever, or if you even think, um, you know, there's UFOs are coming down here and abducting people. Well, if you think they're abducting people, why wouldn't they abduct Bigfoot or Big Feet or whatever? Yeah, why I've heard that they? argument too. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't they? Right. Right. If they're studying us, why not study one of our closest relatives as well? And bear and for that matter and whatever absolutely. else. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean a there's, survey. there's there's that. Um there's a lot of weird I've heard some weird stories about, you know, the star people and the Bigfoots and you know, if you go back to native legends and I mean, I don't know if you ever get into I'm sure you guys do like the whole um like the Hopi Indians and all that stuff. Um you know, their connection to the star people. And I don't know, man, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> you're going to believe in stuff. one, why not believe in the other? And then, you know, don't even get me started on dog, man. I don't even, that stuff's like, I don't ever, ever want to see one of those. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I dog, man, I was glad they saw it. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, who, I mean, it sounds like a werewolf to me. I don't know why it's a dog, man. It sounds like a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, what's the big what's the big difference between the two? I, I guess d does it actually change back and forth? Is it a lycanthrope, or is right. it always in that shape? Now, the native people that uh, um, I've t I've spoken to about this, they tend to believe that dogmen are something towards the direction of the uh, skinwalkers, and maybe they're right. right. In which case, maybe it is a lycanthrope of some sort, you know. Um, but why? I would I, I'd have to wonder if that's true. Why is it always a dog? I mean, why aren't you know? Yeah, you know why, why not? Why a bear not a, man. Yeah, exactly. A were bear or were. Oh yeah, or like a, or like a cool t like a like a, a a jaguar or some kind of a, a cougar or something. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Right. Like, why right. has it got to be a dog or, yeah, a, or like, a wolf? Yeah, I, I don't you know. know. Just and now you're gonna make me you're gonna make me have to Google lycanthrope. Everyone, Google lycanthrope right now. <laughs> L Y C A. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's one of the neat things about having played Dungeons and Dragons is I've got a pretty wide vocabulary from monsters. So, <laughs> uh, you know what, Cliff? I love that you totally just outed yourself on that. Oh, whatever. What do I have to be ashamed of, man? <laughs> well, I, know, I love it. It's great. It's great. I'll bet, I'll bet Bobo never played Dungeons and Dragons. Dude, I'm not a nerd. I was always cool. Oh, Bob's, come on. <laughs> you told me. Come on. I played one summer when I was grounded for the whole summer because I got suspended for the whole year in seventh grade. For so what? <laughs> for what? It was all false accusations. I was an angel. Well, is this an opportunity for Bobo's story time? Well, gather around. It's Bobo's story time. Dude, he's going to see some things that will blow your mind. Classic. And if you say he's description of felonious or criminal activity is being told here strictly for entertainment purposes and is in no way an admission of guilt or even true for that matter. Yes, I think this is an <laughs> opportunity for Bobo's story. I've been like yammering on because I just drank a pot of coffee right before you guys called. So. <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> yeah, I, I went to Catholic <laughs> school and uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I just was kind of I came from I went to public school and I got put in those like whatever those gifted classes where they kind of do like those magnet school whatever like they let us do art and all this cool stuff and all of a sudden I got stuck in this like in a uniform like in this rote uh, learning just memorization and discipline environment oh, and I, gross 
didn't yeah. adapt well. So they stuck me in the supply room closet for the whole seventh grade year. And I wasn't allowed to go in the classrooms or anything like that. I just sat in the supply room and I, I got, I still got in trouble because I was, uh, they had a, did the copy machine or whatever, the ditto machine they called it in there. And yep. I, I got the, the form for the ice cream tickets at lunch. You could buy an ice cream ticket for like a quarter or whatever and get a little ice cream bar. And I was, bootlegging those things and then so, <laughs> okay. that's hilarious yeah then i got caught I, I stole a bunch of liquid paper and was selling it to people for like a quarter a bottle and all this and then and, uh, we like back in school you'd take paper clips and snap and half and shoot them with a rubber band oh, oh yeah i was i was great at that by the way i don't yeah. want to toot my own horn I had, but i had I had, skill. I, I I was like the munitions depot i had boxes and boxes of paper clips and rubber bands and I was, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd sneak out of the supply room and go shoot people in the classrooms and stuff, you know, like sniping from the doorways when the doors were open. <laughs> but I got for the whole summer, seventh grade summer. So this nerd down the street, didn't, he's the only guy that didn't go to the beach and he played Dungeons and Dragons. So I played with them for like that summer, but as soon as summer was over, I never played it again. <laughs> well, that sounds like child abuse to me, Bobo. You might have a lawsuit on your hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like how you took like a, a crappy situation and went, yo, I'm gonna make money off these suckers. <laughs> <laughs> An entrepreneur. It's, 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 it's actually uh, it is. It really is pretty entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. The, the year they did the they did the they didn't keep good records in the year the, the inventory they're like we're missing they were missing like all these, all these supplies were missing out. Like the supply room was almost empty. It's because it's because of me just selling and giving everything away. That's funny. You didn't learn from the squatches. You just got to take a little bit here and there, so nobody really notices. Well, just fleece was, a little bit here and there and slide it on out. Yeah, but yeah, That's I'm really too surprised. Funny. I'm surprised you haven't heard more Bigfoot stories on the road because one. Like once people like when I got identified kind of as the Bigfoot guy around here, like late eighties, early nineties, people just started coming to me more and more and more. And like the more people knew that you were a Bigfoot person, the more people just, you know, they wanna unburden themselves or tell us tell it to somebody that isn't gonna laugh or make fun of them, you know. So I'm surprised you don't get more of that. Well, I hide out a lot too. <laughs> like like when we're on tour, like um I usually talk to like a lot of the local crew people and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we play a lot of big cities and stuff too. So it's generally like, I, I usually, uh, I hit up like the local yokels, you know, I'll hit people up or I always look and see if there's any cool, like, you know, Bigfoot stores or anything fun like that. But yeah, actually, you know what? Ah, Got another one I totally forgot. Um, and I think he was an older dude. This was, man, it was actually on my birthday four years ago. I bought a really, really beautiful um, um, turquoise uh, bracelet. And it, we were in uh, Columbia, Missouri, which is a college town. Yeah. And there was this older cat, and man, I can't think of the name of the store. I actually, we went back there and played there this is last summer, and um, the store had closed up. So I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, he didn't pass away. Maybe he just sold it or got out of it. But he was an older, he was a much older gentleman. And and this guy was like really very deadpan. Like even when he, you could tell he was kind of being lighthearted, he was still like really kind of had a heavy, serious vibe about him. 
And so I was in there looking at him like, man, it's my birthday. I'm going to buy myself a nice piece of, uh, of, um, some cool jewelry. And, um, and I was looking at that bracelet and I started talking to him and I kind of left. And I think I came back and looked and nobody was in there. And I started talking to him. I go, Hey man, I'm all so you probably trade a lot with the natives and stuff. Right. And he goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's all, I get invited to a lot of their, um, like, I'm like one of the only white guys that, that gets invited. And, and he goes, um, I'm all so, and I just, I was like, how can I like bring this up without really like pissing him off? Cause he's was a tiny little bit surly, but you know what I mean? And I'm like, like kind of gingerly trying to broach the subject. And I go, Hey, um, so you get to go to a lot of like, like Indian land that like a lot of people don't get to go to. And he goes, Oh yeah. And well, let me ask you something. I'm all, you ever, uh, you ever see anything weird? You ever, uh, and he's kind of looking at me. I'm like, you ever see like a, you know, Bigfoot or anything like that? And he just looked at me and he goes, yeah, but not with the natives. And I'm like, really? And then he starts telling me this whole story of, you know, how Missouri, there's still in out, out in the boonies there. There's still a lot of that Hatfield McCoy, like hill country people stuff going on where like, don't come on my property or I'm going to shoot at you. Oh yeah. Kind of stuff. So he owned property out in the boonies and he would have to go in and deal with these people and he goes, he goes, so I'm dealing with these cats, these, these guys. And, um, he goes, he goes, they were, um, you know, what you would consider hillbillies, you know, and he's just, you know, being nice about it. He's not, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him and he, you know, these are the guys that they live out in the woods, like, you know, have distills distilleries and all kinds of like, you know, they're doing like their weird, illegal distillery. Who knows what else they're cooking out there? I don't know. But, um, he goes, I had to go out there and do with these guys. And he was, they were fairly friendly with them and everything. And they go, hey, man, you want to see a Bigfoot? And he's like, what? He goes, you want to see a Bigfoot? And he's like, sure. He goes, they're all come back tomorrow at dusk. And this is this is old dude telling me the story. And, and, and he goes, uh, so I came back. So these guys had a turkey, like a, you know, like a wild turkey or whatever. They had taken it, like stripped all the, I, th I feel like they, I don't know if, I feel like they probably stripped it all off, but he goes, they took it, put it on a, on a, like a stick, like on a, 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 a skewer, big skewer, stuck it in the ground. He's like about 20, 20 feet away from her or whatever. And there was like a drop. I, maybe they were on like a ravine or some camping out there. And he goes, sure enough at dusk, he goes, they're like, okay, well, now just sit and wait. Sure enough at dusk. He goes, I hear something coming up this little ravine. And he goes, next thing I know, and it's like the sun's going down. He goes, this Bigfoot totally emerges, walks up. He goes, it looks at the two guys, looks at him, it looks at the, the gentleman telling me the story, looks at him. And he goes, it's kind of like, I, you know, must have like come in a lot closer. I'm just sitting there going like, wow, I can't believe this guy's telling me the story. Awesome. And he goes, he goes, it walked up, it got even closer. It looked at the two dudes, looked at him, and he said, it put, took his hand out, touched him right on the nose, and then took its hand back, and it grabbed the turkey and bounced. And I'm, like, sitting there going, like, what? And I'm, like, this guy's not some dude that I would think would even want to tell this story in the first place, and I don't think he's pulling my leg. And I was, like, going, weren't you freaked out? And he goes, to be honest... I was more scared of the guys I was with than I was of the big. 
And then he, he's all, that was the first time I saw one. The second time, and, he, and I was like, had him describe it. And he said it was a, it was brown. I called, he goes, he goes, I saw another one, but it just, it went by and it, and it was a red one. He's all, and it screamed at me and just kept going. He goes, that was the second time I saw one. Huh. But he's like, I have to go out and deal, you know, with all these people all the time. And he goes, he goes, they're out there. He's all, I've seen them. And I'm like, evidently so. So that's another story. There's probably a couple I've like, I hear so many now that I think about it, I'm like, there was another one somebody else just told me recently. And I was like, what the hell? How did I forget? Because I wanted to tell you guys. And I just can't remember. I was talking to somebody and they told me another freaky big, like, I'm like, that was a Bigfoot. But yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes I retain more than I, you know, but that Been one really stuck. That one stuck with me. I was just like, whoa. And I still have that. Um, I still have that awesome uh, bracelet. It's really cool. Turquoise. Yeah, this is a situation like that where you have one coming around and you've trained it or, you know, habituated because that's really what habituation is. It's not, of course, you know, what I, I think what most Bigfooters picture about, you know, habituations in my mind, um, where you get one where it's kind of used to you and knows your routine and you you manage to feed it occasionally. Those are the best opportunities by far to get footage. And if those guys, you know, if they weren't so interested in selling their moonshine or something, they could probably make a couple bucks, uh, sell them some good footage if they, got their act together and got a little digital camera or something like that. You would think so. But part yeah. of me wonders, which, which is this whole weird, you know, to, if you want to get back in the woo woo camp, what is this whole like mind speak thing? Not everybody hears it, but like occasionally. So I'm thinking like, all right, say these things are so like perceptive that, you know, maybe they're going to know that you're like up to some trickeration and you've got a camera hidden somewhere. And, you know, I've, maybe they're just like, oh, hell no, I can I can I can think what I know what this guy's thinking and he's got something up his sleeve. So they just kind of, you know, don't yeah. show up. That's that's what the, the those in that camp say happens. Maybe they're right. I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I know so few people that have actually gotten footage as a thing because so few people actually have um, you either take the Patterson Gimlin route where it kind of happened. You're, 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 you know, it's on your mind. Obviously you have a camera, but it kind of happens on accident. You stumble across one um, or you take the, um, the, the situation like uh, Mike Green or somebody like that who um, th- thinks they're coming around and then sets up a situation that seems non-threatening to the Sasquatch and then leave and hope it crosses the field of vision of the camera. Um, you know, Moneymaker did that, you know, the, the, the very famous pancake footage from the Erickson project, you know, Matt, Matt got that footage and, um, to talk, to talk to him about the lengths he had to go through to get that footage. I mean, he, uh, I don't have the numbers exactly, you know, how far away this, but there's a trailer by this pond and this trailer's like, I don't know, a hundred yards back or something. I don't know how far away it was. And he put the camera inside the trailer, but on inside a cabinet on the opposite wall, looking out the window of the trailer in the dark that far away. And then the, the thing was still acting spooky, you know, just like, a, Man, like that's, the that's length. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just an, it's just like, well, that's the thing that's so frustrating because that's what everybody says. Well, all the naysayers like, oh, well, how come there's no footage and everything's blurry? And I'm like, I'm all, first of all, if an eight foot tall, 700, 800 pound manimal popped out of the trees and you had your cell phone in your hand, do you think you would actually go, hang on a second, buddy, and turn the camera on and then put something, point something at an like a giant animal that you don't know what the hell it is and, and point it at it and just think that was a good idea. 
Like, who's gonna who's gonna point some? I wouldn't even point my finger at the thing for fear of it breaking my hand and sticking it up my butt. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like, so I think a lot of people like I, I just think there's a lot of like, huh, uh, for a classic example, uh, my my buddy Tommy that that plays in my ACDC band here locally, one of my best friends, he lives out in Aurora, Oregon, kind of off the old 99, mm-hmm. a little bit in the boonies there, and there's and he's got a uh, you know it's country you know and. He, He's in the summertime, you know, you live here, Cliff, you know, it can get pretty warm or whatnot. And, yeah. And and so he he lives in a um it's um it's a shop slash living quarters um right off of the 99 there. And so the back part, you walk down the first uh stairway to to you can go all the way to the shop to to the bathroom there. And before you get to the bathroom on the first landing, it actually opens up to the backyard because it's up the it's kind of built on a little bit of a hill behind it. And, and, you know, there's like a farmhouse next to him and all this stuff. And he goes, you know, I get lazy in the summer. And he goes, I'll, I'll, instead of walking all the way to the bathroom, I'll just go to the landing and pee out in the backyard, just country style. And he goes, I'm out there, you know, with my uh, John Thomas in my hand. And I look up and there's this crazy lights inside of this cloud. And he's like, there's these little like balls going around inside of them. And he's like, I'm freaking out. He's like, well, I'm seeing a UFO. He's standing there. He gets. To, he's like, I look at it for a couple minutes. Then I go up and I get my chick. She comes down. He goes, yeah, we sat and watched this thing for like 10 minutes. And I go, hey, dickweed, why didn't you film it? And he just goes, classic. He goes, I didn't even think about it. And I'm like, yep. well, there you go. Yep. Yep. And you know, that Aurora is not that far from McMinnville either, which uh, where a lot of the modern day uh, UFO stuff actually originated with that uh, interesting photograph down there. And there's even the McMinnville uh, um, UFO festival they have down there every year uh, at, at McMinniman's, at the McMinniman's yep. hotel down there. I'm going to speak at that this year, by the way. We were scheduled to do it in, I think, June, but it had to be postponed here because of the plague. Yep. So uh, I, I think they bumped it back to September or October or something, but it is going to, it is going to go on this year. So. Well, if I'm not out touring, I'm definitely gonna go. Oh yeah, I'll keep I'll keep you posted, man. Yeah, keep me posted on that, definitely. Yeah, it's a um, good time. It's fun. Which is which is a nice segue into Bobo. Have you seen any UFOs? Have you ever seen anything weird? Oh yeah. Sky? Yeah. I would assume being up in Northern California, I feel like that would be a be a nice trippy place for uh, weird lights in the sky. Yeah, I've, I've talked about it here a couple times um, from 1999. Or 19, 1989 until 1993, we watch them all the time out over the ocean. And I found out, for, actually, from Mike Rugg, we got the Santa Cruz Bigfoot Museum. He used to be a MUFON investigator. And I was telling him about my, uh, all, the, all the UFO stuff we saw. And he said, well, when, what were the years? I said, uh, you know, about 89 to 93. And he pulled out this book from a real, the most famous UFO investigator guy. And he goes, there's a whole chapter just on Humboldt County coastline UFO reports from that time period. So I saw him a bunch back then, like mostly just uh, never really saw to only saw the shape of them, maybe five times out of like 90 where it wasn't just glowing, pulsing balls of light, like way up in the sky. Uh, Saw one the first night we ever saw him. One flew over the 101 north of Eureka up by Redwood National Park. Yep. And it lit the whole area up for like a quarter mile around blue bluish green light and it stopped the traffic on the road and but we couldn't wow. see the, yeah we couldn't see the shape of the craft and then uh, over the years i got a couple uh, one night well one day the sun was setting like 
the sun was below the horizon on the beach, but it was still hitting the mountaintops. And there was a full silver cigar-shaped metallic, like look like polished aluminum or something, just cigar shape. And it, uh, we're looking at it going, what the, is that a plane just like flying? But it just <laughs> odd. And it wasn't, it was glint, the light was reflecting on it. It wasn't moving, it was just holding still. And all of a sudden it flashed, like a third of it was red and two thirds of it was white. And it looked like before it blinked out that they shot apart, like in opposite directions. But it was so, it was literally like a, just a flash and it was gone. Crazy. But my craziest part was we saw um, my buddy and I, uh, there's a whole backstory to this, but it flew in from the ocean uh, and came flying up. We were at Patrick's Point State Park in Northern Humboldt, and it sticks out in the ocean. It's a big point that sticks out in the ocean. We were sitting on the end of the point. There's a big rock that sticks out in the ocean you can hike out to. We were sitting out there. We are the only people out there. At this point, though, like this was a couple years into it, like probably like 92 or something. And it was getting to be a known thing. Like there might be like 50, 80 people up there along the various spots along the bluffs just watching. Like, right. was, Instead of whale watching, you're UFO watching. Yeah. So my buddy, yeah, and their, their annual migration north. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and, That's uh, crazy. It is. That is an epic whale watching spot. But, anyways, we, it's uh, the thing. It dropped down and started shooting across. There's there's more to the story for time's sake. I'll just get to this part. We ran off that rock and went running up, and you go up this little canyon trail to get back up to the parking lot on top of the bluff because the whole thing's like a hundred-something-foot bluff along the coast there. And as we go running up the trail, we see that thing flying to the little, cave, a little cove bay thing, or like a real small one, and it flying over the sea lines, everything, and the sea lines all start going crazy. We wow. get up to, we get up to the parking lot for anyone that goes anyone that goes to Patrick's Point State Park. It's the parking lot where there's a, a life size gray whale painted on the parking lot ground, and we get up there. We're like, oh my god! And this thing rises up over the trees and the brush and just floats up over us. And it was probably about forty feet tall, thirty five feet tall, something like that. And it was shaped like an upside down lava lamp, and it was just pulsing like it seemed like to be four sections, like a, like four square pulsing different colors but it was it was always lit up and then there was a uh, two red looked like basketballs red basketballs i guess orbs or whatever like circling it really fast kind of like like a beauty pageant sash you know it goes from one shoulder to the opposite waist right it was circling like there was one going one way one going the other way like um on each side and it was we were looking at it going we were it flew it flew over us it didn't make a sound. None of the, there was no like wind coming off it. It didn't. It didn't move the trees or anything. Like it was anti gravity or whatever. It just floated over us, and I'll never forget. We both just froze, and we're as it flew over us. We were both tilting our head back, tilting our head back. We both fell onto our butts because we <laughs> didn't turn our feet. We just kept leaning back, leaning back, watching it go over. And I remember saying, I tweaked my elbow. I actually tore it pretty good and banged. I thought I chipped the bone or something, but. Then we watched it fly over to the trees on the other side. And at this point, there was cars. You hear burning out cars. And this one guy goes running by, dragging a tent, a sleeping bag with the – remember because the stakes, the, the tent were all yeah. jing jangling. He's running by going, there's some crazy shit going out here, man. And he just goes running towards the ranger station. My buddy wow. and I stood there. And then we we didn't see a door up or anything, but just this, like, five-foot long, like, two-foot, two-and-a-half-foot high hockey puck-shaped yellow like yellow orangey um disc came out of it somehow 
And then, it, then the bigger ship flew away, and that little disc thing was still there. And it just started all of a sudden just going like, pew, 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 pew. Like, literally over the course of a minute, like a hundred of those red balls came shooting out of it, like those red orb what? balls. Wow. And they just, and they, they shot out like a hundred miles an hour, but they're like within less than 10 feet, like, like less than 10 feet, they were just, they'd, they'd come out like just super fast and they'd instantly slow down and instantly and just start floating real gently. They were floating all through the trees and down back to the beach. And that yellow disc thing followed my buddy and I on foot. We were, cause we didn't want to pay the five bucks to park in the park. So we just parked out off the 101 there. And it's, I don't know, a half mile walk, whatever. So we were walking back and it followed us till we got close to the uh, ranger housing. We got up there and there was park workers and a ranger. They were sitting on their back steps, just watching, watching it. And we were like, no way. You know, there's an air just like, you know, they've seen it before. They're, they yeah. Went, they're just like, whatever business as usual. Yeah. That's so crazy. That so do you think those little weird orbs that you saw are the same little weird orbs that people see in the forest? I have no idea. I've seen orbs a few times. They didn't look like these. The orbs I saw were smaller than these ones. Oh, okay. So you've seen the orbs too, right? In the forest? Yeah, I've seen the orbs, yeah, a few times. Seen them in Minnesota, Vancouver Island, Northern California, Oregon. Yeah, what the hell are those, man? Well, I've heard it from good authority that the spirits of dead Bigfoots looking out for the living Bigfoots. That's yeah. I mean, hey, that's as good as a uh, that's as good as an answer as anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I just I'm just all this like I said, it's like the the further you go down the rabbit hole, the it's like the more I learn, the less I know. Exactly. That's why I kind of, I, I kind of go like the cliff thing. Like, what can you prove? Like, what, what's okay if they are interdimensional or whatever you want to call it? They're in these three. They're in this three-dimensional world that we live in full time, pretty much. They're they're in this world like where they're feeding, breeding, you know, going to the bathroom, leaving footprints, having hair droppings, killing stuff, you know, throwing rocks. I mean, leaving evidence. So I, I constantly. I mean, that stuff's all. You can't, it'll, it'll drive you crazy if you try to figure it out because you're not going to figure it out. So I just, yeah. I just try to focus on the three-dimensional aspect that we can experience. Right. Yeah, figure well, out. that makes sense. Well, yeah, because what can you do about that other stuff? You know, you talk to spiritualists or highly religious people or or any of the um, more esoteric sort of non-concrete physical reality aficionados, you know what I mean? Um, and you have to have a shared reality to some of some level to communicate well with anybody, I think. And we all have this. We all have this physical reality thing that we're subject to at this point. All the other stuff um, is kind of subjective when uh, to begin with. And at the end of the day, what else can, what, what can you really do about it? Honestly, I, I can do something about a footprint. I can track the animal. I can see where the, if the animal showed up in the data set before I can make predict, but what do you do about, um, Oh yeah, these things are talking to me in my brain and then they abducted me and they brought me to their master and you know, whatever, or, you know, like what, that, that, what does that have to do with me? Like, I, and yeah. I don't want to be like cliff centric about it, but at the end of the day, what can I do about that? Or how, how is that going to help me see one? Yeah, it's not. You're a science guy, and that's what I like about you. You're like, you know, show me the proof, show me the footprints, like all the physical stuff. And you're right. So 
like, like part of me just is like, okay, you know, oh, they're interdimensional, and I'm like, oh, right. I mean, you know, if a math, if a, if a mathematician said, yeah, I don't even understand what dimensions are, and I suspect exactly telling me that has no idea either. Um, it, you know, if, if a mathematician was telling me that animals were multidimensional, maybe I would listen to him a little bit more closely because at least mathematicians have some sort of uh, idea what a dimension is. Correct. Yes. You yeah, know, because they, they say, oh, we live in a four dimensional world up, down, left, right. You know, uh, time is the fourth dimension. I still don't know what all that stuff really is. Yeah. You know, I can I can move around in the three dimensions pretty well. And I kind of understand when I'm late for something. You know, I got, (laughs) (laughs) well, still, but I don't even understand. So these multidimensional, what does that even mean? And I'm, I'm, maybe they are, maybe they're not, maybe I am. I, maybe we all are multidimensional like that, but I don't, since I don't know what it means, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a, you can, you can get into the whole, like art, the human brain. I mean, they're, what do they say? We, we only use like what? 20% 20% or whatever the hell it is. They don't think that anymore. They, we use 100%. That's what I, I'm just like, how did, yeah, first of all, how do they know? If we're that dumb, how do you know? Yeah, uh, I know some people that don't even use the 20%. Right. Amen, brother. <laughs> so it's, what is it? What is it? What did, uh, what did Tommy Chong used to say? Uh, you only use uh, 20% of your brain, so why not burn out the other 80%? <laughs> Classic. Well, all right, Kelly, man. Thanks so much for coming on, man. You, I mean, uh, when you came into the shop and I had a chance to meet you and, um, you, you told me straight out, like, no, I'm a squatcher, man. I love Bigfoot. And sure enough, man, you've got a lot of stories, a lot of knowledge, a lot of curiosity, which is one of the most underrated things you can have about Bigfoot. Um, so I just really appreciate you coming on and talking to us for an hour or so. Dude, thank you so much for having me. And I had your, and, and if you guys, anybody gets into, uh, gets into, to, into Portland around the Portland area, Definitely go check out Cliff's Museum. It's really cool. Well, and thanks. you guys got great merch, man. Cool, cool. Really Excellent. Cool I really merch. appreciate the kind words, man. And you're always Absolutely. welcome back, you know. Hopefully we well, can open well, our doors again pretty soon. Or maybe even by the time this uh airs, maybe maybe we'll be lucky. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, All cool. Right. Well, thanks for coming on. All right, well, hey. Great you meeting back. you, Bobo. Yeah, you come back to Humboldt, I'll meet you for lunch or something. Absolutely. Yes, yes. We 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 I would love to. Absolutely. Or if you get up here, man. Yeah, I'm coming. I'll I'll be up there. Uh I'm definitely gonna come up there. I'm gonna like Meldrum did it at Cliff's Museum. I'm gonna I'm gonna do one of those. Oh, awesome. Well, if I'm not working, I'll I'm there, man. I'll show up. I'll have my Bigfoot mask on and uh <laughs> <laughs> little beans. All right. Well thanks. All right. So. All right. Well, thanks awesome. a lot, Kelly. We really appreciate Thank- it, man. Thank you, guys, man. Have a good one. All right. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And again, for uh, all the people that just discovered us recently, uh, from us being on Sasquatch Chronicles, we want to welcome you and thank Wes Germer for giving us this new uh, listeners. So Yeah, until- and hopefully we'll pick up some uh, fans of uh, Buck Cherry listening to this as well. Yeah, hopefully we do. Well, until next time, Cliff, and the people out there listening, thanks for listening, and keep it squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. 
Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 